2: Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Get Up, <clears throat> Get Into It,
3: Get Involved by James Brown, exhorting, exhorting the uh, Grizzlies front office to uh, jump into this chaotic mix on NBA trade deadline Is this day. James Brown exhorting, or are you exhorting? I, 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 we all channel. James Brown is
2: channeling. Yeah, right. You know, we're, yeah, we're, People <laughs> are exhorting.
3: I, I'm getting on board with
2: James. The people are definitely exhorting. Uh, you had a piece up. And I gather you had to revise it this morning.
3: Yeah, no, I found something at 9.30. You know, after the Mike Conley-Lakers thing had happened, but before the Durant thing. And so whatever published at 4 a.m., whatever version was up between 4 and like 6.30 or whatever um, was uh, outdated. But hopefully not that many people were reading at 4 a.m. So I got
2: up and basically rewrote most of it. You can read Chris's piece over at the Daily Memphian. I have tweeted it out. Among other things, by the way, you pointed out that this front office has not, in fact, been particularly active at deadlines past, right? This will be the fourth, um,
3: I believe, the fourth in-season trade deadline for the Zach Kleiman led front office. Um, the first year, they were very active. That was the Justice Winslow deal, and right. then they were two smaller deals as well. So they made three deadline deals, including one big one. The last two seasons, there were no deadline deals. Now, he's made an avalanche of summer trades, most of them draft-related and then cleaning up right. after the fact. But um, Has not had a big pattern of making in-season deals.
2: All right. So does what happened yesterday, last night, this morning, uh, make it more likely, do you believe, that the Grizzlies will make a deal?
3: I think it does. But I don't think it does in the sense of, like, you know, it's it's an arms race in the West. You have to keep up, which it kind of is. If you look around, um, I mean, the big move is obviously Phoenix. Phoenix, which I think is fifth, if I remember correctly. I think they're fifth. Currently in the West. I should probably bring this up. Um, fifth in the West right now, and they make the big move for Kevin Durant, which is the definition of an all-in right now. We're going for a title on this instant move. But then even beyond that, you have Dallas fourth adding Kyrie Irving. You have the Lakers 12th but still alive adding four like, players with a pulse in two right. different trades. You have Minnesota at eighth adding Mike Conley. And so, like, there's teams loaded up, and that could create its own pressure. I don't think that's the pressure that makes the Grizzlies make a move. I think it is the opportunity, the, I think, rare opportunity to add add a piece that really fits what you're trying to do, and it's suddenly maybe not just an OG Ananobi question, which I think I've been, you know, arguing for weeks now is exactly the right fit, not just to make a move right now, but as you move forward, like, that's not abandoning your process, That that is your process, right, right? even if you give up multiple future picks. Well, if Mikel Bridges is available, and he may or may not be, but if he is, like, right. maybe even more so than Ananobi, then you look even beyond that. Suddenly, like Dorian Finney Smith would make a lot of sense, and Cameron Johnson would make right. a lot of sense. And there are just so many, there are so many players who would like either definitely or likely would be here beyond the current season that would really fit what the Grizzlies are trying to do. There are so many of them potentially available or potentially in play. I just think you got to pounce, and I think they will. Now, whether they will make a move is separate from whether they will try to make a move, but I am pretty convinced, and I've had some conversations this week before the Durant right. deal, I'm pretty convinced they are going to be extremely active today. Now, whether that extreme activity leads to making a trade, it's a different kind of question, but I don't think they are – I don't think the Grizzlies front office is sitting back in their offices today playing solitaire saying we're good in the West. Right.
2: Yeah. The – um. I, 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 in the first hour, I said I thought that the Grizzlies would make a move today. And the reason is that for exactly what you said. It's that there are... Yesterday when we talked about it, it was like, well, maybe they'll get OG on and, an and, uh, and and maybe they won't. Right. And now there's a, half a dozen right. because of this uh, Suns deal. There's half a dozen basic players who sort of fit the profile who 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 not only could be moved... It also is an interesting question. This is something Dan Devine brought up. Has the market for three and Ds softened a little bit? Like, if if, if there's now because a bunch of them, there's like, an
3: unusual supply. We right. talk about the supply and demand. Usually, that is a that is an archetype. It's a player type where the supply is very limited. Right. And now suddenly the supply is a little bit richer. And on the demand side, if you look at the the stuff yesterday, the Mark Stein stuff reporting, he had on the on the Ananobi front, he had the Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Knicks offering two first-round picks, and the Pacers and Suns also interested. Well, take the Suns out of that now, because right. they just traded for Kevin Durant. They, they, they all their stuff. Take the Knicks out of it. Probably take the Knicks out of it, because they just spent a first-round pick for a small forward right. and Josh Hart. So, I mean, so you're expanding market and potentially expanding supply, potentially, and potentially narrowing market, and, and will, will that be helpful? Now, I think... If bridges just may not be available. I mean, there's been reporting that the Grizzlies have called. Yeah, there's no reporting that he's
2: available. The reporting is interest, not yeah. availability. Of course, those there's are interest, different right?
3: things. Right? It's not clear to me that right. Brooklyn wants to flip him again now that they've just got him. Um, if so, like he's not going to come cheap, and he and that's fine. I right. pay pay up. Um, even Ananobi, still like I'd pay a significant price. Once you get beyond those two, I'm not sure if I'm giving up multiple picks, but like give up a first, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you can now like if yesterday Toronto was like, well, we want all three firsts and Sante Aldama and Danny Green, right. whatever. And now you can say, well, no, no. Well, we're going to say take it or leave well, it. We're, now you can say we'll go talk to these. We're going to take to Brook- We're taking yeah. that to Brooklyn first, exactly. and we'll get back to you. Yeah. And so now they might say, okay, well, how about two firsts? Like, right. like, and so maybe it does help your leverage here. What do you? Th- what would you be willing to give up? For Mikel Bridges, and why do you think he is a better fit? I do. Uh, health, among other reasons, than O.G. Ananobi.
3: There, there, there's, I mean, you could probably more than three, but three three definitely. Health is one of them. He does not have the same injury history. Um, the biggest one is contract. He is under, O.G. Ananobi's, yeah, yeah, O.G. Ananobi, good contract. He's under contract again next season. So right. then you have to worry about it after next season. Mikel Bridges just signed an extension that it's three more years after, after this, this one. one. And it's a higher number than the current Ananobi deal, but it's a really reasonable number. It's in the 20s, right? It's the kind of number that you can add him and you, you can re-sign Bain. And maybe you're going into the tax, but it's a real manageable. And so the the, the idea of adding Mikael Bridges in between a, a a John Morant, Desmond Bain backcourt, and Jaron Jackson up front, having all four of them once you re-sign Bain under contract for like the next four years all in their mid-20s, I mean, yeah. Uh, please do that. Um, the other thing I would say just from a basketball perspective is they're slightly different from each other. They're both very versatile defensively, um, but I think Ananobi's bigger. And so I think Ananobi is it's better at scaling up to guard, you know, your Zion Williamson's and your, right. and your Carl Anthony Hounds that way Dylan Brooks has. I think Bridges is probably a little bit better at scaling down to chase around the little point guards, as Dylan Brooks also has. I think for the Grizzlies, specifically with John as your point guard, I place more value on the scaling
2: down to right. guard
3: the point guards, which I think Mikael Bridges is probably a little bit better equipped
2: to do. It's interesting to think what the Nets now will be doing. Obviously, they owe all of their draft picks, basically, to Houston, but now they have reloaded they with all these other draft picks. Suns picks, picks and, and they got Dallas so, Dallas picks. Yeah, Dallas and, picks. And, right. and so it's unclear... You know, there's totally some unclear. thought that they want young players as, and the Grizzlies are not rich in particularly gifted young players who they could give up. Um, I mean, you can give up Zaire Williams, you can give up Santiago. Not not, it's not, just
3: picks. Not, not young players yes. with certainty.
2: Yeah, it's just picks, and so is that enough? Three picks, and you know, and Dylan, and you right. know, three is it Zaire and Danny Green, right? That's what it would look like for Mikel Bridges. Yeah,
3: I mean the contract match is such that you'd probably be Dylan and Danny Green, and then if you're adding other young players to that, it's more of a value thing than a contract match. Thing. Yeah. Um. Do you? But 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 to the Brooklyn point, yeah. So there's a the question of what's their general philosophy right. of you know win now versus rebuild. And then there's a the question of like you know the best player they've gotten in both of these two trades is Mikel, Mikel Bridges. Bridges. So are you looking to flip him for more picks or keep him? But also, just look at their roster. They got too many forwards. They got so many, (laughs) and so you've got Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. I don't think the Grizzlies have any interest in Jay Crowder, but you get all three of those guys who have just come to Brooklyn in one trade. You have Dorian Finney-Smith, who I really like, by the way. He just come to them in the other trade. They already had Royce O'Neal and Ben Simmons, and so. I think even if they're not moving Mikhail Bridges, they're probably looking to move one or two of those so the, guys. the
2: two you would look at there would be Cam Johnson's been hurt but is back and right. Dorian Finney-Smith, those two yeah the, the,
3: yeah, the Yeah, the Cam Johnson versus Dorian Finney-Smith thing is somewhat interesting. Um, Cam Johnson is younger. He's a better shooter. But he's headed towards restricted free agency. And so you have to deal with him this summer. Finney-Smith you would have under contract next summer. He is more... Your classic defensive oriented role player type, but probably a more solid shooter than Dylan. He's under contract already. Um, I like him a lot. I, I don't know with, with Bridges and Ananobi, like I'm trying to, you know, basically upgrade my Dylan Brooks slot. With somebody like Finney Smith, I'm wondering can I have him and Dylan Brooks, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and like have them both. Um, but I would be interested. It's a real question like, would you rather make a trade for Cameron Johnson or Dorian Finney Smith? You had to factor in what you think you're going to have to
2: pay Cameron Johnson. You had a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, nine or ten players. There's a lot. There's a lot of players. Nine or ten out there. players who they could conceivably go after. And there's probably, I didn't and I didn't mention everybody I could right. have mentioned even then. And that was yesterday. And now you've added about ten, yeah. 10 yeah. more to that list, which is, I think, the reason. Okay, there is, however, the 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 other rationale that you're hearing that I don't subscribe to, which is either that this changes urgency one way or another. It makes it more urgent to keep up or makes it less urgent because, ah, we're not going to catch them I, anyway. I
3: think, and I don't want to discount the Grizzlies' chances right now this season because I think they're still very real, but I think that trade, the Phoenix trade, lands less lands less. Hard on the Grizzlies front office today than it does on the Denver front office, and especially like the Clippers and 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 Warriors front offices. Um, the Grizzlies are built to like contend over you know a multi-year stretch. Denver is too to some degree, but they're a little bit older and a little bit more right now than Memphis. I think the Clippers are the team that's like we're trying to win right now, and otherwise we're probably not going to win. Right. And like this is like last hurrah for the Warriors and all that. And so I think those are the teams that, like, probably feel worse today about that Phoenix deal than than, than Memphis
2: does. Um, All right. Anything else from the Memphis perspective that before we dig into the rest of it that particularly stands out or other thoughts you have as we head into the deadline? I think – I guess we'll – the deadline's two, but we can hear – Things can trickle out sometimes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I after mean the way two. it
3: works, the, the deadline is not the deadline by which you know someone leaks the story to Woj and he tweets it. It's the deadline. It's not in the deadline by which a deal is done. It's the deadline by which you have alerted a, a, the teams have alerted the league office that they have a deal in process, and they and they basically you get in the queue. Right. Like it's it, it, that's the deadline by which you have to take the number for the line and get your place in line, and so once you have your place in line. In terms of actually these deals actually being processed, it'll go through the night if there's a lot of them. But even in terms of the
2: reporting of deals, that's going to trickle out past the deadline, at least a little bit, typically. Um, okay. The uh, Where do you think this moves the Suns in terms of uh, favorites in the West? I think... I suspect the like general like you know
3: prognostication betting line, hive mind conventional right. wisdom is gonna move them to first yeah for me personally, I would put them as co-favorites with the nuggets. I am not ready to put them solidly ahead of the nuggets because of questions about their depth and questions about their durability, especially over the course of, you know, two months of playoff basketball, given, given the, I mean, Chris Paul right. just gets hurt right, every right. year and like Durant gets hurt too, and they're both older. And so, um, but I, I do think it puts them, I have to say it puts them a little bit ahead of the Grizzlies. I mean, maybe not in the regular season, yes. but when you think about playoff basketball, yeah. And then also, you know,
2: the Clippers and the Warriors. Yeah. By the way, I, I've seen some people criticize it. Grizzlies dropped the bag. They, they didn't get Kevin Durant because he didn't want to come here. Don't you think they were going to get Kevin Durant? Right. I'm going get
3: Kevin Durant. I think even, clearly what is crystal clear is they were not going to get Kevin Durant without including Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain in a deal. It is my belief strongly that even if they'd included those guys in the deal, right. they still were not going to get Kevin Durant. Right, because he
2: didn't want to come here. He wanted to go to Phoenix. He said he, where he told people where he wanted to go right. and in the end, you can say, well, you don't care because you're under contract. He, if if that were true, he could have stayed with the Nets. But also I would not have, even,
3: even if it were a possibility, and I do not think it was, but, I would not have put Boehner or Jackson in that deal.
2: Uh, so anyway, so okay, uh, moving on to other uh, deals. <laughs> you described the Lakers as getting Players with a pulse. Yeah, I actually that's think... that's a big deal for them, man. I, I think to just call. I think DeAngelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's been better this year. More efficient this year. Yeah. Malik Beasley shoots threes. No, these are good role players. That, like those are not. Yeah, they're yeah, just, they're good players. <laughs> um, I think it. They're better, right? hundred percent. They're better.
3: One hundred percent. They're better, and in in addition to they got better. Three of the four players they got in their two trades came from Utah, which is like saying, "Okay, we're done here," and that yeah. opens up a slot, slot above them. And so it's sort of a double good thing for the Lakers in terms of getting into the play-in. I don't think they get above the play-in, but they get into the play-in, and you got to you got to make sure you win and get into the playoffs. But then who knows, right?
2: Russell Westbrook, uh, ostensibly going to Utah, you imagine he will be bought out, right? Yeah,
3: there's strong suggestion he's going to get bought out and signed with the Clippers, so he doesn't even have to, you know, move. Well, he stay in Los like, Angeles. Right, so exactly. I think that'll work.
2: Um, what did you make of the... T wolves, uh, what they did, Mike Conley, better fit, obviously better fit with Rudy Gobert, a track record with Rudy Gobert. I,
3: I like what they did in the context of what they had already done. Right to some degree, you could say it's throwing good money after bad. Right, right. Like let's keep getting older. With, you know, the, after the original sin of the uh, the first time right. around. But do I think that makes them a better team tomorrow than they were yesterday? I do. I do. I don't like the, the Russell fit there. I think Conley is a real steady presence. I think he'll 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 defer in the right parts and he'll set up guys in the right amounts and I think he'll be a really good fit there short term. Again, I think you know they're they're kind of going all in for a team that might get to right. the second round this season and like what's the long-term point strategy that. with Anthony Edwards? But but that was already baked in with the other trade they'd made.
2: Um uh Jakob Pertl, you once had a, 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 a coming to the Grizzlies at some so point, didn't you? So that's an yes.
3: interesting yeah. I, th- I flirted with that.
2: Yeah. But I think what that's inter- the, w- the reason that's interesting goes, to- By the way he was traded to he was traded to Toronto.
3: Toronto. Uh, and this is why this is it. that's interesting route with right. the Grizzlies. We're all excited about Mikhail Bridges right now. It's like right. well, you know, OG and OB yesterday's right. news. Right, right. Like OG Ananobi's really right. good and the Grizzlies should be very interested in that and probably more available than Mikhail Bridges. You know, there's a real qu- there's a lot of mystery around Toronto because they had four players that were considered like Potential guys to get traded. And instead, they've traded for somebody in Jakob Like, people thought they were going to be a seller and right. now they've been a buyer. So, what does that mean? I think it suggests to me that rather than like blow it up and rebuild, they're trying to reorient their roster and make it more conventional. And so, the way they've been playing this season is they've been playing basically three forwards who are somewhat interchangeable. So, they've been playing Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, like, all in their starting lineup, and they're all like six, eight forwards or whatever. Right. So I think what this is going to mean for them, I su- I suspect, you get a true center in Pirtle, you make him your center, you shift Pascal Siakam to power forward, his natural position. And now you've got Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, and only one of them can start at small forward. And so if you keep them both, you're bringing one off the bench, and that person's going to be unhappy. Right. And I think they're going to choose Scotty Barnes, who was younger and on a rookie contract and won Rookie of the Year last right. year, and I think they're going to trade OG Ananobi. I think it makes Ananobi more
2: available. And also, Now, does no- it lower the price? That's different. But- also now, though, no one is holding their – their powder to go get Kevin Durant. That's the other part of it. because yes. I'm, oh, we're not going to trade him because we you know. So, so
3: you yeah. remove the Durant uncertainty, um, and I think I think Enzo still going. What I've been saying, what I've been saying for weeks now, I think is more true than ever. and is
2: going to get dealt. The Grizzlies are going to make an offer. <sighs> uh, let's see. Did we miss any? Uh, Josh Josh Harp to the to the Knicks for Cam- They just gave up a first for cameron Yeah, I don't. And now whatever. I don't. I don't. I. So I wonder what. Toronto, what Portland's Portland doing? doing there. What they were doing is now, getting out of the tax because Josh okay, Hart needed the contract. And then the value, if you can get a first-round pick for Josh Hart, like, you know, that's worth doing. That's, I think sure. that's what they were doing. And I think that is about it. If you were right now... Are we sure nothing's happened in the last two minutes? If Yeah, Jeffrey, has anything happened in the last two minutes? If right now the season were starting and these were the rosters and you were predicting the West, where would you put the Grizzlies? Um, knowing what I know. Knowing, through, yeah. just right now, the roster's yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I,
3: that's a real good question. I wouldn't put them higher than third. Um, so you put them behind Denver, Denver and, and Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. You... And, and then, you know, what do you think about Dallas? I'm not convinced. I know they won last night right. without with Kyrie, yeah. without Luca. I'm not, I'm still not super convinced about that. Um, I, I might still
2: have the Grizzlies third on that list. And do you think New Orleans is, I mean, that's the they have more stuff to give up it feels like for either of these this young whole, players. This than, notion of
3: a, of a Grizzlies, and by the way, shout out to C.J. McCollum. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. He <laughs> says,
2: this is all because John
3: Morant says good in the West. We're, it says we're good in, <laughs> we're in the West. In the West. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was
2: funny. It was funny.
3: This idea of like a Pelicans-Grizzlies Grizzlies bidding more, like maybe that's real. Maybe that's where things are headed on some of this stuff.
2: Because they have more, they just have more good stuff. Whether they want to, I think it, they do. They do.
3: If they're well, I think Dyson Daniels. I don't think they're going to win, but like, I, of all the young players on both included. teams, that's the one I think would be the most valuable.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Chris. We I look forward to reading uh, whatever it is that you have to write and say about all of this as it unfolds.